Our scripture today is from the Gospel of Luke in the 15th chapter. Listen for the word of the Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. Then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, father, give me a share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. And a few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. There he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off, and he went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and he kissed him. And then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, put sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat, let us celebrate, for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the slaves and he asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go inside. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all these years, I've been working like a slave for you. I've never disobeyed your command, yet you've never even given a young goat for me that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him? Then the father said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice 
because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Holy God, through your grace, welcome us home. No matter where we have been this day, this week, or these many years, welcome us into your loving embrace. Now, O God, pour through me by the gift of grace your Holy Spirit in preaching, that my words might become your life-giving word for us this day. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Today's parable, the parable of the prodigal son, probably one of the most well-known, if not the most well-known story of Jesus in parables in the Bible. It becomes familiar, doesn't it, over time? We've heard it from a different, many different sources, in different places, different preachers who have talked about it. I think it becomes a little bit like the velveteen rabbit to us comfortable, worn, known. But sometimes I find when I know a story well, it's hard to hear it in a fresh way. Sometimes when it's so well known, it becomes hard to hear the punch of what the Holy Spirit is speaking. It's another nice story about Jesus the lost and the found. To be frank, this once comfortable and familiar story didn't feel quite as comfortable when I read it in preparation this time. As my friend Pastor Jordan would say, after reading the word of God, we often respond as we did today, thanks be to God. Instead, Pastor Jordan would say, ouch, Ouch be to God. And I couldn't help but say a few ouches as I read. So much of what I do, wearing this robe, programming our church education, so much of it is coaching us for right living. So much of raising kids at home is setting up a reward system, right choices for right living. Isn't that what we want to do together? Isn't that part of why we're here today? We come together looking to discern the next right step, looking to make the next right choice. And we teach and we train and we learn together how to follow. When I was young, it was so much easier to see myself in the story of the younger brother. I, like many of you, left home at age 18. I went to college, and if I, would, if I could have, I would have gone as far away as possible. I looked into many colleges that were far. I wanted to be independent, to make a break, to do life on my own and be my own person. I think our North American culture encourages that, doesn't it? We want to get out into our own world, be our own person, accomplish our own things. 
But today, I think to hear the story best, we need to hear it in its original context. Because in the time that Jesus told this story, families didn't break away at age 18. They weren't rewarded for going far away and trying things on their own. So when this younger brother decided at whatever age he was to take his share of the inheritance, to take his property and to go away, he wasn't just taking what was his. By dividing the property and the land, there was really less for everyone. To own and run a property required large family and management to oversee it. To divide it meant less resources. It meant leaving those who were left behind more work to be done on what was left. Those who were tied to the land, they had to work even harder for its success. The older brother, he is the one left. He's the one out in the fields. He's working the land. And so when the younger brother returns, not expecting anything, just hoping that the hunger he feels in his belly will be fed. Instead, he's met with a warm embrace of the father. In fact, even an eager embrace, the father sees him coming first. He was vigilant in looking and watching and waiting for him. But the older brother is vigilant too in working in getting the job done and what's left behind, in making the right choices, in following the commands of the Father. Jesus is often kind of sneaky, isn't he? This is a good example. He tells this parable knowing who's listening. His disciples who are following his commands are listening. And so are the Pharisees. The Pharisees, they were the ones who wanted to get things right. They were the ones who were the priests wearing the clergy collar and the robes in that time, making sure the temple was right and in order. They were the ones pointing fingers, saying, who is this guy? He keeps bad company. They were so worried about being right, they were missing the welcoming embrace. It's tempting to be right, I think. Especially now in our world where there is so much uncertainty, where in so many ways it would be easier to see what's right and to know what's right than live by faith. It's tempting to prove oneself worthy. I stayed. I worked the land. I did it, the older brother says. But that isn't the point of this story. The, the older brother stands in the yard, refusing to go inside, pleading with the father, where is my reward? The point of the story Jesus tells us today. It's not about finding oneself right. It's not about thinking right all the time. 
It's not about right believing or right actions. The point of the story is to return home. And the only way we can get there is by the grace of Jesus Christ. Some of us have a hard time finding heaven because we're lost. Others, because we're so busy being right. The point of the Pharisee in this story, I think, is that they were so blinded by their righteousness, they couldn't find their way home. And God loves lost things. Doesn't always make a lot of sense. You can't read any leadership book about how to grow a company, a corporation, or even a small group and find instructions that say, leave the critical mass, go out to the other side and find the one. That's not common advice in any book. Yet Jesus tells this story of the prodigal son and the story just before it of the lost coin and the story of the lost sheep showing us again and again that it is the heart of Christ to seek after the one who is lost and to warmly embrace and grace that one. You see, God is not concerned with who is right, for Christ is the one who makes us right. God is concerned with welcoming the beloved home. I love that today we get to celebrate our confirmation students and rightly throw them a good party. And Sunnyside, what a compliment to you that two years ago when we talked about how do we do this confirmation pandemic thing, our confirmation students said, we don't want to miss the party. Sunnyside throws a good party. We want to share this with our Sunnyside family. God loves celebration. I love a good party too. I love a birthday party, putting all the elements together for my kids, helping that day to feel like they are the best, top of the world, only person in the world for that day. It's so rewarding to see them filled up with that joy. But sometimes, and I think today's story tells us there may be another way. Some of you may be familiar with the story, The Hobbit. Author J.R. Tolkien talks in his, his book, The Hobbit, about the way they share birthdays. And it's not the way we share birthdays. The Hobbits, instead of having a birthday on their special day where people come to them and give them a gift, one day of receiving multiple gifts. Instead, on a hobbit's birthday, a hobbit throws a party for their friends. That means if you come to someone else's birthday, you don't bring them a gift. You come to their birthday and you receive a gift. It might sound odd at first because we like the idea of receiving gifts. But think about it this way. One birthday, one day a year, or many birthdays, many days a year, receiving gifts on each of those days. This is part of what I think God is doing in the story of the prodigal son. 
turning upside down this idea of ourselves and our community. Every person is welcome in Christ. It is a way to, in every way and in every day, receive a birthday gift, to attend a birthday party, and to celebrate again and again. For the Father says, all that is mine is yours. Friends, this is God's gracious love for us. All that is mine is yours. We are sought out. We are seen. We are found, no matter where we are. So on this day, when we celebrate our 2020 confirmands, let us remember the grace that calls us home. Let us remember this home is where we're always welcome and that the Father has made a way for you to come through the grace of Jesus Christ. For there is enough for everyone. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen.